nations where unarmed forces strike the edge of ecology. So speak now to Neil Gaze Ward. UFOs and aliens and things, I always wondered, you know, are there really aliens or is it some sort of scam that we're being led down a road to the lead? Like, I don't know, I can't prove there's aliens, I can't prove there's aliens on the moon, I can't prove there's ghosts, but I'm just really interested in the whole subject. So I started to look at the whole idea of the moon landings and the moon and the stars and astronomy as a kid, and uh, obviously we have that in the internet, I've done a lot more research since. So I did this talk a number of years ago, the Hobart and Paranormal Meetup Group, where I used to uh, run a group similar to this, and uh, I think Andy Telkem did a talk there as well, didn't you? Amongst uh, other people. And uh, we didn't get many people, but it was still a nice little group, and obviously COVID came along and shut a few things up, I think they quite since. So anyway, uh, can anyone tell me, what quiz here, what's the 18th letter of the alphabet? Just work it out. Anyone? Oh. Oh. Oh, that gentleman, anyone? Anyone else? All convinced it's R? All in agreement? Okay, say R. Oh. Bit louder. Longer. Say again. There we go. R. It seems a bit of emphasis. That's before I was abducted. Um, <laughs> do you know, I actually remember this photo being taken, ironically. I think this must be about 1965, I was probably about eight or nine months old, something like that. So I do remember being sat on the sofa and this weird man come along. I didn't even know the camera, but I just had to look at him with something. And it was just a vague memory. And uh, we dug this photo a few years ago, so I've kept it. I must kind of tidy it up in Photoshop. But um, I'm just going to give you a brief history of myself, certainly when we get into the, the real heavy stuff, so you know where I'm coming from. And I grew up with that motley crew there, so I'm one of five boys. So, um, do you know which one the oldest is? Can you, any ideas? <laughs> okay, I'll go from the ages, okay? The oldest is this one, that's my dad. <laughs> then that's Simon, okay, my oldest book. Then there's Russell, who's 18 months older than me. Then there's me. Now he's the oldest, doesn't he? But that's Phil, my younger brother. <laughs> uh, and then that's Jason, my youngest brother. So I've got my artistic skills, which I'll talk about as well, from my dad, who used to be a technical illustrator for an aircraft company called Martin Baker, and he used to do the ejection seats, and he used to do all the technical drawings for ejection seats, rather than like the Haynes manuals of cars, he was good for ejection seats. And so all my brothers and myself are fairly artistic, we've got all our artistic skills from him. But I'm the only one out of all the brothers that went on to do it as an adult. And uh, I've been making a fool of myself ever since. So, a few weeks ago, back in January, I was with my daughter and she pulled out this old project that I did in the 1970s at school, which I've completely forgotten about. So, I decided to photograph it because we were allowed to do story projects at school. So, I did King Kong. So, I think around that time, 1978 or something, a new King Kong film had come out. Everyone was raving about it at school. So, I thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a King Kong story. So that's my King Kong there, bursting out a great big crate on the ship and everyone running for cover. 
So, I mean, even back then, I was kind of artistic, and I remember my old school teacher, Mr. Brown, saying, oh, take a look at Neil's artwork, he's good at artwork. And I always ended up having to do everybody else's artwork in their projects. I never got my own one done. But as I got a bit older, my interest in space developed, because I used to watch programs like Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who, Space 1999, anything with science fiction and space in. And this picture I did at school in about 1979, I think, um, and I was inspired by then um, the Voyager probes that were called to Jupiter and Saturn, uh, I think the Voyager 1 and 2. And so it turned in these fantastic pictures of Jupiter with the moons on. So I decided to try and attempt a picture of Jupiter using some of the pictures from magazines and decided to paint it with a view of Jupiter taken from maybe one of the moons of Jupiter looking back at it. So um, that was done in gouache paint, which is like a water-based paint. So I started to get a bit better at sort of painting stuff, science fiction -y. But then my skills expanded into the weird stuff of um, conceptual art, weird aliens here, and spaceships, and uh, fairy, and uh, old legend of Orkney and things, um, more fairy figures here, conceptual artwork here with airbrush, um, and also a lot of scratch building models here, which I'll show you a few of those as well. That's some of the artwork I did, that's the sort of scale I'm working to, that's a number of years ago. That's actually my old next door neighbour's garden, so there's enough room in my garden to put an artwork out on display. So, craftily, when she's gone away on holiday for two weeks, I thought, oh, it's lovely weather, I'm going to put all my artwork in her garden and photograph myself sneakily. I think she's got her own back though, because when we went away, we found all our herbs have been cut down by her, so it's obviously a karmic thing going on there. So that's the kind of stuff, the pagan vision in our book, so you've got goddessy, witchy stuff, and green men, and that kind of stuff like that. Now, I have obviously moved into the science fiction realms, and you can see the original of this picture over the corner there. This is a flying saucer over a desert, which is a brilliant original title, as you can tell. Inspired by Roswell and those kind of legends of uh, crashes and things in the Mexico, New Mexico desert. And I've got this car here, which is actually a classic American car. Now, there's no driver in there, and I always like these ideas of paintings, you can interpret the painting how you want, maybe it tells its own story. Is the driver of the car now in there, or has he run across the desert to escape them, or what has happened to him? You know, you, you decide, you interpret how you want to. It took ages to do it though, but I, I even took a vote on Facebook, you know, what colour should I do with the UFO? And I had various mock-ups on Facebook, and people all elected to say they really like the red flying saucer. Hence it being red. So most people assume it'd be a silver one, but this one's red, okay? It kind of shows up a bit there, doesn't it? And another mention makes the scratch build starships and spaceships. So I was actually on that children's show. Does anyone remember Why Don't You from the 1970s? Yeah, yeah, some of you do. A bit of a kind of Blue Peter type of show, but it's made by BBC Bristol. I did like the Blue Peter and Hobbit and the scratch build models, but the best I could get out there was a Blue Peter badge. Um, but BBC Bristol took an interest in me. And so eventually they came to my house and filmed me with a sort of five man crew and uh, filmed the models that I made. And I was getting more ambitious as time went on. So this one, and this is done on an absolute budget, that was just a load of drawn out cardboard. I literally took cardboard from, from like uh, you know, Tesco's or whatever, cardboard boxes, flattened them out. I'd already done the design of what I wanted to do, drew it all out. Cut it up rather like a pattern they can make to dress, and scored the areas where I was going to fold this thing up and did it up tape. But coming down the central column here was a long cardboard tube, like a spine, to straighten it. And that's like um, a yogurt cart and I put over the tube, and then I constructed this bit of the front out of cardboard. I found these cardboard boxes from somewhere, 
and, and put two golden canes coming through the centre there. And if anyone remembers, I think it's St Ivan's Gold, the um, margarine tubs. That's those there, kind of uh, separating these giant engines from the main section. And then I did what they call kit bashing, which is where you get bits of old airfix kits, anything plastic, and you stick it all on and arrange it so it's kind of functional. And then you spray it all up with different car paints and masking and things like that. And then, hey, Chris, you've got your own fantastic spaceship. Um, but the trouble is, I was getting too ambitious and then getting so big, I'd, I'd run out of room. But um, yeah, so that's the kind of stuff I did. I actually still do this kind of stuff yeah. when I get time to do it. There's another one there, it's a slightly smaller one, similar kind of thing. But that was, I had my five minutes of fame back in 1978 or 79. Now, there's a familiar face here, if anyone can recognise this gentleman, he's at the back there, that's <laughs> just been pointed out. There's Marcus Allen there, who's at the back there. He's taken part in a podcast that I do with a friend of mine called Andrew Chapman called The Paranormal Feature. And we discuss all sorts of things, esoteric, paranormal, uh, which can then be ghosts, hauntings, fairies, UFOs. And we invited Marcus to talk about the Apollo Moon Landings, factual fiction. So a lot of you perhaps know him doing that kind of stuff. Uh, and with Marcus also, we do something called the Apollo Detectives, where we go online and talk about were the Apollo missions completely fact or were they partly faked or well. We don't know the whole truth, but we have a few suspicions that maybe they're not telling us everything. So uh, if you want to check that out, that's on YouTube or on Spreaker, the Paranormal Feature. Now, as I mentioned, I do have an interest in the moon. Uh, and one of them was about that, like that. I did get a telescope that was about 12 uh, for a birthday present. And I love looking at the moon through my telescope. And then one day, when I was at school, uh, and it's one of those days where you see the moon in the daytime sky. But on this occasion, I was actually at school, and I saw this little, well, I thought, what is it? It looked like a tiny little star right near the moon. And like, it was there the whole time during my, um, my dinner break at school, and I kept looking at it, and I thought, what is it? And I was thinking, the only one I'm going to maybe find out is when I get home from school, about 4.15, is run upstairs, grab my telescope, and look out the window. So it was still there by the time I got home at about 4.15. And I looked through my telescope, looked at this small glowing object near the moon, and I could tell anything. It was still just a tiny, tiny white dot, and it still did blue. So what I've done here, I've recreated what I saw. It wasn't a photograph of the day in question. I recreated what I saw in Photoshop. So that was like the object there, and there was the moon. And it was just there for, until, until the moon went down. Now, whether it was Venus, I don't think it was Venus, because I had a feeling that Venus was on the other side of the sky, because I always used to see that coming up um, it's the first star of the evening, as they call it, when it rose uh, at sunset. Um, and I haven't seen it since. I didn't know what it was. Maybe it's just a conjunction of stars or something like that, but this was midday that this thing was showing up. You don't normally see stars at midday. So I had no idea what it was. No one else seemed to notice either at school. No one pointed out and talked about it. I seemed to be the only person that noticed it. I was really dumbfounded. Still, to this day, don't know what it was. Don't know what it was. Now, I will scrap that because for some reason, this, there, there should be a book cover there called Who Built the Moon? And it all worked previously. I tested this out today. It showed up far from great and happened that. And then today, bang, it's decided not to be there. The ending's obviously got a problem with it. But basically, it's a book about um, these two guys who have gone into the whole thing about the moon and its, its dimensions and uh, that it's got no core inside and. Uh, it's roughly the same size as the sun when it has an eclipse, etc. etc. Conclusions, it shouldn't really be there. It's like too perfect. And they came to three conclusions. One is put there by God, 
aliens, uh, or three, they said it's put by there by our future selves and sent back in time, which is a bit weird. But um, I read the book with a kind of open mind. I'm still not deciding which one might be true. Maybe it's a case of all three. But um, it's certainly worth looking into. Now, facts about the moon. The moon revolves exactly 100th of the speed that the Earth turns on its axis. The moon is exactly 400 times smaller than the sun, and it's precisely 400 times closer to the Earth. They also discovered that the moon possesses little or no heavy metals and has no core. I think it does have a core, actually, but a very, very small one in comparison to other planets and other moons and stuff. Um, some specialists suspect the moon is actually hollow as well. Now, if our moon did not exist, nor would we. This is what they suggest. Our experts now agree that the higher light only developed on Earth because the moon is exactly what it is and where it is. Now, where it is is interesting because apparently the moon is moving further away every year. So by about an inch a year, it's further away. So if we go back to 1969, when man allegedly landed on the moon, it's actually another 50 inches out from there now, or 52 inches, so it's going to cost another gallon of petrol to get there, I think, which is going to be really expensive. <laughs> so, we've obviously all looked up at the moon, I presume, and um, some people just wonder what those little shadowy things are. That's where um, they put on lava planes as the moon was forming, different parts called it at different times. So, they call them the Mars or Mares. Um, I mean, this area here, I'm not sure, this area here was supposedly the Sea of Tranquility where. Uh, the first moon landing occurred, and the, the alleged moon landings all have happened around these areas here on the moon. None happened on the backside of the moon, but there's supposedly a mission that's going to happen in the next 10 years called Artemis, and I believe they're going to land on the south part of the moon. Is that right, Marcus? South part of the moon? Yeah, yeah south part of the moon, uh, rather than these areas. The Chinese have put a probe on the backside of the moon, a little rover, um, which no one thought was possible, but what they, they've got is a satellite that orbits the moon and sends a signal via the probe back to Earth. That's the only way they can get it back there. Right, moving on. Now this is evolution moon by NASA. Um, it's believed that their idea of how it happened was that there was a collision with a planet or something, hit the Earth, and it spent a long time orbiting each other until this section broke back out of it. Once it broke back out of it and started to orbit, by itself, it was this fiery, kind of glowing hot rocket kind of like. And this is going over billions of years, by the way. So I'll just stand out of the way, and we can see it happen. Can anyone see that? So that's it starting to cool down. And of course, the moon has no atmosphere, so there's nothing to stop meteorites hitting it, as you can see, all these explosions. And that's at the South Pole. And this is what causes a lot of these dark patches you see on the moon today. You'll stop to see it more recognisable as this video goes on. A few more in a second. There we go. 
seven white points of the form of the Greek letter gamma in the Littrow crater. Now, are they natural or are they UFOs parked there waiting to take off or landed? But that was being reported as being seen through a telescope. And we don't see these images today, yet they still must be occurring. Why are we seeing these images today on mainstream news? We should be. Now, if anyone's seen 2001 Space Odyssey, I'm sure many of you have, the basic story of that was that they uh, discovered there was this monolith buried deep beneath a crater that sent out a magnetic kind of signal. It's only when they excavated that they discovered this kind of seven foot high large monolith that was standing there, which had been placed there by aliens millions of years before. The idea was it was a beacon when mankind had reached the heights of technology, he would eventually discover it, and that would trigger communication with these aliens when the time was right. Now, um, in the film, they keep the whole of that story quiet. What they do, they tell everybody there's a plague outbreak on the moon, so the moon is off limits. The moon base in the film is now off limits, and no one wants to go there, because they actually want to keep that thing secret. So, um, and it's a bit like in Close Encounters, where they're going to find the mothership of Devil's Tower. They clear the whole area by telling everyone there's a plague there, and not to go there. And that clears everyone, and no one goes there and sees what's happening. So it makes you wonder, if you hear of these various plagues, don't go there on Earth or whatever like that. Could there be another story behind it? The Brookings Institute advised the United States in 1959 uh, proposed studies on the implications of peaceful space activities for human affairs, because mankind was just venturing into space with the satellites and things like that. And so they just started, started to think, well, hang on, if we're going to venture out into the solar system, we've got to be prepared with the possibility that there could be things out there. Uh, so they were saying, be aware of the social economic chaos resulting from alien artifacts found on the moon or Mars. Because they got the experience from the War of the World's radio broadcast from 1938 that traumatised America. If anyone knows that story, it's the Orson Welles radio broadcast where they said the Martians were landing, it was done almost like a real story, a real news broadcast at the time. People tuned in halfway through and really thought the Martians were landing and were heading to the hills basically. So that kind of taught them a lesson. So this is why the Brookings Institute came up with this idea that they've really got to be careful if they're going to announce these things. And people talk about disclosure. Are we going to have alien disclosure? I mean, maybe we should have had it years ago, but they're still teetering on the idea of whether there certain bits of information are released every year, like we had these um, the Tic Tac UFOs, or we had this report last year that came out, a seven-page report from the Pentagon talking about UAPs, which is the new word for UFOs, UAPs being unidentified aerial phenomenon. So that way if you sign a, a right request saying, can you tell me everything about UFOs, you might get back a blank letter, oh we have nothing from UFOs, it's because they've changed the name. So you have to be careful and word it how you want when you want a freedom of information request. Got here. Oh yeah, now I know that I think um, we've seen this picture before in other, other talks. This is a rock rolling out of a crater. It's not evidence of aliens, but it's just an interesting image here. So you can see this red line. They think the rock was originally there. Now something brought it up to there. Now how it rolled up to out of a crater, not quite sure. It might have been some sort of moonquake or something like that. But you can definitely see the marks caused by this rock as it rolled along. Let's go forward, you can see a closer up of it. There it is there. You can definitely see the track marks there, a bit like a tractor tire marks. They need a certain kind of tread in the mud, don't they? But it's almost something like that. It's got a certain shape that has left that indentation. And uh, it's probably about the size of a bus, I think, that, that rock is estimated to be. There's definitely some sort of activity on the moon. Now, 
This is allegedly a UFO tumbling past the moon, question mark. It's got no audio, you probably won't see anything for the first minute or two. This is done through a high-powered telescope, and this guy has a hobby of filming things in front of the moon. Now that's not to say that it's actually around in orbit around the moon, but what I believe is happening, the moon provides a suitable backdrop for this object to show up. So, if that was going through the night sky above Earth, you wouldn't see it. It's only when it crosses something that's wide and glowy, does it show up? So this is actually, the moon's providing a suitable backdrop for it to be seen. Now you'll see something, I know people at the back might have trouble seeing this, we will get close up, I promise. But it's moving down somewhere from up here, a tiny little object coming down here, and then the guy puts like a red circle to help us track it. So this is just the beginning part of it. But it's got an extremely high-powered telescope with recording facility, which makes it handy for us. So, I can't even see it here, but here we go. Now, he's put like a little grid pattern and he's speeded it up. You can see, maybe something can see that red arc. It's actually this little red circle there. You'll see it again in a close up in a second. Right, he's zoomed in now. Can you see that? There it is. Now, that could be a satellite, but he says it's tumbling, so maybe it's a loose piece of space debris. Doesn't mean it says aliens on the moon, okay? But from him, he says there's an unidentified flying object. But it could be anything, but it appears to be tumbling, it could be space junk, something in orbit around the Earth, I suspect. But it's the backdrop of the moon that makes it visible. It's not glowing, it doesn't seem to be perhaps operational or something. It's not catching the sunlight in any way that I can see. It could be discarded material from the space station or something, or old rocket, discarded rocket um, stages, that kind of thing. Now, a good way of testing that is if you came back and say the same time the next night, if it's something going around in orbit around the Earth, you expect to come back because these things generally orbit the Earth every 90 minutes or so. So you could presumably come back like the next night around the same time and maybe spot it again if the moon is in the right position again. It'll only happen at certain points because the moon's obviously moving through the sky as well. And here is it again, you can see it now it's speeded up and you can see it moving way across there. A lot of times when you see these things move through the night sky, these satellites and things, they are moving a hell of a speed and you can sort of see them whizzing across, you know. And, you know, they can travel around the world in about 90 minutes. So, you know, you've got maybe 10 seconds of seeing something as it crosses the night sky. Right, okay, there's another one here. You get it? This, this is slightly more interesting. He says. No, can't get it. Next one? Yeah. Here it is. I hope it's going to play.
uh, city light filters, but it was perfectly blue skies. Uh, sunset was not far off, but the sky was still blue when I shot this. Just happened to be very fortunate. Uh, I set up early um, this night, and the only downside is it's shot with my old equipment, so the resolution isn't what I get now. But anyhow, it's, it's an interesting, interesting thing. Uh, it changed my point of view on a few things when I saw it, because I had never seen any object where there was a light. By the way, that thing that fell down on the left side of the frame is because I'm tracking the center of <laughs> junk on my sensor. Um, it's not an object going by. The only object in this whole entire clip will be the thing that's in the center screen now. Anything else is just junk on my sensor, and it looks to be moving by because of the way I'm tracking manually tracking an object to see in the center. Um, at the time, so many people went and looked to see if they could correlate this to some kind of a test being done or anything else, and I don't think we ever landed on anything uh, that we could call for sure this vehicle. What we do know is that there's three thruster engines, and I think this clip is a good example of what I say about all that I film, that these are not alien things. These are terrestrial technology. Um, <laughs> Uh, everything I have shot. The only thing that really makes you scratch your head is the sheeting orb clip that was shot in chemtrails. That's the only one where you just kind of go, wow, I don't even know what that is. But this is clearly a machine, and it's clearly a machine with three thrusters. The interesting thing about this is as I was re-editing, every time the thrusters come on as I track the center, the vehicle will have moved less. So each time the, the thrusters come on, the vehicle is slowing. When the thrusters are off, and I would track the center. I would have to pull the object up to my little mark in the center frame much further. When the thrusters fire, it appears to be sending this craft down. And it's unfortunate that one of the big drags about this clip was, was right when I cut the clip thinking I had lost the vehicle, um, I noticed right at the end there's an engine flare way down in the corner. Okay. So there he said he believes it's terrestrial technology and thrusters, rocket motors tend to be terrestrial kind of stuff. But so when those satellites are going over, they tend to be, you know, once they're up there, they, they might have one little rocket motor just to adjust its orbit or timing of things. And like it's got three main engines to slow down. So is that something we should be known about perhaps? Is it something that's uh, hidden technology maybe? Um, the fact it's right, it's thrusters suggest to me that it's trying to slow down, maybe to come back into the Earth's atmosphere as well. It's like breaking it, you like. But uh, he's managed to catch it again, it's the backdrop of a moon that's allowing to capture that, otherwise, he may not have spotted it. Aliens on the moon. This is from a uh, mainstream broadcast. Now, the mainstream look at this kind of stuff as well. Exactly like a satellite dish on Earth. 
you create places or missiles, anything like that, and you'd have to report back on what you were seeing. <clears throat> but he actually got a little bit bored one day after spending ages looking at this kind of stuff. And he said to his boss, can I try something different? So he recorded everything he did in this book called Penetration. And it's got the picture of the moon there, and that's the clue about what this book is about. Um, so basically, what he did, first of all, he said, I want to try something different. I want to try and remote view Jupiter. So his boss said, yeah, give it a go. Give it a go. So he tried to send his mind there. This is before the um, Voyager probes went to Jupiter in about 1979. This was about 18 months prior. So he sent his mind or remote view of Jupiter. And he came up with an interesting report of what he discovered there. According to Swan, his ability to see Jupiter took about three and a half minutes. In the session, he made several reports on the physical features of Jupiter, such as its surface, atmosphere, and weather. Swan's statement that Jupiter had planetary-like rings, like Saturn, was controversial at the time. Now, going back to about 1978, no one knew that Jupiter had planetary rings, and it's only when they sent the Voyager probes there in about 1979, 18 months later, that they were able to have a really, really close look at Jupiter, the moons of Jupiter, and they discovered there was a planetary ring of Jupiter. Now, it's not seen by Earth because it's so, so tiny. So it surprised scientists when this was picked up, and yet the Voyager probes picked up a later on, and Swan was claiming that he saw them 18 months beforehand. So it gives a description. They're very high in the atmosphere, and they're crystals, and they glitter. Maybe stripes like Anza crystals, maybe like the rings of Saturn, though not that far out like Saturn is. Very close within the atmosphere. It says, I bet you they reflect radio probes. And it's possible that if you had a cloud of crystals sort of sorted by different radio waves, I'm not quite sure what he means by that. That's what he said. So there's Voyager 2, and there's Voyager 1. They were sent out about four months apart. They both reached the Jovian system, which is where Saturn and Jupiter, Jupiter are there now. And they outrated the solar system, and they've left what we would term as our territory, if you like. And I, I think they're still sending signals back, but they're in kind of dark space where they're not actually seeing much at all. And eventually they'll run out of power, I suppose, they'll all go totally quiet. But this is the things that confirm what Swan was seeing 18 months before. Now, this is where it gets very interesting because because of that ability, he could tell what was happening on Jupiter 18 months before the probes got there, people started to take notice of him. One was a chap called Mr. Axelrod, who wasn't employed by the American government. He was just an extremely well-off man who offered, um, uh, who offered Swan a load of money, basically, tax-free, to come and do some remote viewing for him. So um, he said he was working for the US government, but Swan actually thought he wasn't later on. Axelrod tasked Ingo with a series of moon coordinates. Um, an unknown Swan, the target moon coordinates, about 10 different locations around the moon, were bringing to mind to mind what he soon realized was an unearthly extraterrestrial presence. So basically, Swan would lay on the couch, he would tune in, and Axelrod would say to him, right, here's the coordinates, 22, 23, blah, 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 it's a bit like the National Lottery, isn't it? And he was sort of going to that coordinate, and he wasn't even told into the moon. And he suddenly said, oh, I think I'm on the moon. And he said, what did you see there? And he said, well, I can see some machinery, he said. And then I can see humanoids. But he described the weird thing, he described these humanoids as naked. Weird, isn't it? No spacesuits or anything. They're just naked humanoids. Then he said, they appear to be mining the moon. 
you know, taking the regolith, we've got a little soil up and doing something with it, harvesting it in some way. And then he said, they're aware of me, they can see me. So maybe he was out of his body, but these people have some sort of psychic ability to see him. And as soon as he said that they can see me, Axelrod said, get out of there now, get out of there, come straight back. So he did come straight back. Now, what was postulated, he was told not to tell anyone about these experiences, but he decided to write it maybe 10, 15 years later when everything had died down, hence the book Penetration. And he postulated that Mr. Axelrod didn't work for the US government, he actually wondered if he was some sort of extraterrestrial himself. And he likened it to the idea of, say, a company that's a high-tech computer company wants to test its defense systems out against hackers and things like that. So what they might do is employ a hacker to go into their computer systems, so try and break into our computer defenses. And when a hacker does so, then they know where they've got a weak area. And he postulated that it, it was something like that, that um, Ingo Swan was like the equivalent of a hacker. And Axelrod probably knew who these beings were on the moon, and they wanted to test out whether mankind could penetrate their own defences on the moon, because they discovered that certain people, like Axelrod, were getting highly psychic, and they knew that possibly could be a threat to their operations. And so therefore, they wanted to see if Axelrod could actually go to the moon, you see. That was what he considered was the situation. So, you know, is that real, or is it made up? I don't know, but it's a very, very interesting story. Now, somebody else talks about mining on the moon. Uh, this was a guy called George Lemon in 1977. He wrote a book called Somebody Else is on the Moon. And he went around with another chap and tracked down all these old photographs of lunar probes and things. And unfortunately, the book it is available on the internet as a free PDF, but the, the photographs are so poor resolution, they have to draw pictures to replace the pictures. And so you can say, well, it just made everything up. You know, there's nothing really there to see. But anyway, the book is interesting to read. What they claim is that they were allowed access to some of these NASA photographs, of lunar photographs taken from orbit or something, and they described weird pipes coming out of craters, strange machinery on some photographs, uh, some sort of activity of excavation, they believe. So they believe that someone was there, uh, but they weren't you know, going to tell everyone about it. So maybe that confirms what the previous book, Penetration, was talking about. So maybe there's, there's definitely something going on up there, because two people reported it independently. Now, is this a possible alien base, allegedly taken by Apollo 11 in 1969, or is it just a smudge on the camera? We don't know, but there's something there to have a look at. And we saw this on the Aliens on the Moon video. This is a close-up of allegedly a dish. It could be a cup of tea and a saucer, I don't know. I mean, do aliens have dishes as well? I mean, if, if they are, you know, they, they've got Sky TV or something. But this one here, or is it just a cradle with a funny mark? You make your mind up, but uh, people are speculating, is it, is it really there or not? I mean, it could be Photoshop as well. Now, this is an interesting guy. This is Paul Davis, a scientist. He appears on radio or mainstream TV. And he actually says, to search for signs of extraterrestrial life on the moon, scientist Paul Davis suggests focusing attention on images captured by NASA's Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter. According to the Guardian newspaper, NASA has made more than 340,000 LRO, Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, images public, but that figure is expected to reach 1 million by the time the orbiting probes map out the whole lunar surface. So the ASU scientists explain 
from these numbers, it's obvious that a manual search by a small team is hopeless. Which is why they suggest calling on amateur enthusiasts, i.e. public or the internet, to assist with the process of scanning the LRO images of potential alien artifacts. So this guy, mainstream scientist, is suggesting that the public, those who want to go, could look at all these images for possible alien artifacts. He's suggesting himself there's possible alien artifacts on the moon. So they want your assistance with it. So get clicking. So here's a, such an image, maybe, that might be something. But interestingly, someone's gone and blurred it out. So someone suggests here that there's a hydrogen light, let's put that there, a huge pipe exiting and going around this object. But mysteriously, this section here has been smudged out, but all the rest is pretty much in focus. So are they trying to hide something? I mean, why publish this picture anyway if you can deliberately blur it out? They're tantalizing the actual bit of an object there. <clears throat> this one's interesting. This is uh, the 1960s lunar orbiter mosaic. This looks like one of those old digital watches from the 70s, where that kind of face used to get, you know, the <laughs> press button that used to glow. But it's a weird one, isn't it? This, this is kind of the lunar surface with rocks and things. And then you've got this weird shape here, which is like bands or something. You know, what, what on earth is it? There's a little cross there. I don't know if that's something to do with the registration marks of the camera or something. There's some marks up here, maybe that's a scratch negative, perhaps, I don't know. But that's the, the central information there. But I've never seen anything like that on the moon. That doesn't look natural to me. I mean, someone could have photoshopped it, messed it out, and it's the fullness, perhaps. Now, this, we talked about excavations on the moon earlier. This is possible evidence of that, maybe. So, excavating crater in the larger crater of Flamstead P. Now, up here, you've got these different layers. Come in here, and if anyone's been to a quarry, they know that they're excavating layers and they dig down into it. Could that be evidence of something like that? Now you've got a line coming across here, and just about this point, there's a line coming across there, but then the line continues just beyond that point. So, in other words, they, they, it looks like they've dug that part out and then dug that part out, put all that bit over that bit. So, it suggests that it's not a natural formation, it looks like someone's been deliberately digging there, okay? And that could be similar kind of stuff here, but that one's so stronger. There's a diagram I'll show you that explains it in a bit more detail. Okay, so that crater we saw. So what it is, the first line of soil came across like that, and it had a point sticking out, which shows it must have been the original part of the excavation. And then someone else comes along and digs another part, piles it over there, perhaps, or lays it on something. But it doesn't look natural. You'd expect a crater edge to be more circular around, but this is like two lines intersecting. Um, signs of signs of uh, aliens, maybe. Okay, and there's a sphere in this one. That's right, small tiny sphere, which is there. Now, could that be some 2001-ish? I bet excavated some sort of monolith, maybe. But there's more signs of maybe soil and the different layers here to this thing going deeper and deeper down. So it's almost as if they dug in and then piled a load of stuff there to get to that, perhaps. Okay? Now, this is a bit of a weird one. This is from our friend Crow 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 777. Um, with his camera, he's been filming these things called lunar waves, which are like a, a shimmering 
waves of energy, if you like, that goes over the moon's surface. And since he put his version down, other people around the world have done their own versions of the lunar wave. Now, it might be a real phenomenon, but he needs to test that it is. I'll let him watch it. interesting wave capture and made even more interesting because of the movement of the camera, which again proves things about the wave, of course. Um, but another interesting thing is this may be the only wave capture in the dead of winter. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that might be correct. Anyhow, there's no audio. I've looked at the audio track, which was music from the original clip already here. And again, if you go to Rethinking It All on YouTube, uh, you can see the original footage. There it is, man. Now, look around the edge for shivering things, circled here. We'll see some close ups of it in a second. Can't see it up there. There's something up there. Well, there's got up there. You'll we'll see some close ups around this edge in a second. That's the camera shaking on the tripod, I think as he adjusts to get the top half of the moon. He's got to refocus his camera a bit. There he is, more focus now. We'll get some close-ups in a second. There, you can see some coming down the right hand side. That's not from, here we go. This, look, here we go, that line down there, see? There it goes, right at the top. You can see a shimmery. And it crosses the whole of the moon. There it goes, another one. Moving up there. And this is this is where you see it quite clearly. Once he focuses his camera, there it comes down the right hand side. Sort of like a shimmer wave. This this mark distortion coming across there, like a shock wave going around the moon. And there it comes down there as well. You see another one? There it goes up there. It goes across the moon. There goes another one. Now this is filmed by someone else, not the channel owner. And these are various people who said, yeah, we've seen it too. We caught it on our cameras. And they sent it to him to have a look at. There it goes quite clearly. You can see that one going around there now. There, oh, around the corner. And then they slow this one down as you can see it there. It's a distortion. Now, they claim that that is you know, a natural thing, but I have also seen counterclaims that you can do this in an editing program. I actually tried it myself in a program called Adobe Premiere, and I could simulate it, but I couldn't get it exactly the same. But maybe they're just much more adept at it, you know. It could be a fake, I'm not saying it's definitely an aliens on the moon or anything like that. It could be just something, you know, it, it could be a natural problem we've just not discovered. But I thought it could be also an indication of something else. Now, allegedly this is taken by Apollo 16, and it's a jet out of the King's Crater, so it's a crater that seems to be billowing some sort of dust or something, as if there's something there chucking it out. Could that be some excavation going on there? You know, if they're doing things and clearing these uh, things, maybe they're not using diggers like we would, maybe they're just blowing stuff out, you know, using high pressure pipes or something, you know, I mean, in that book earlier, the man said they have pipes on them, maybe they're using pipes to excavate craters. Now, 
I know that's a big giant on the moon, no one's actually seen it, but this guy is from 1939 and they did an exhibition, uh, I think in New York, uh, about the moon and space and things like that, and he's actually actually building a big one from the moon. You can actually see the seams of it, the, the panels. But you can see that he's doing a fairly realistic job of it, and he's obviously taking his time. So presumably he hasn't finished it, and I presume that that would be where he sealed it all up, so you won't see those lines. But it just goes to show that with a bit of practice and things, you can make large, convincing models of the moon. And here's another one here, maybe a bit later on. Maybe need half of it. Was this for a film, maybe? 2001, perhaps? I don't know. But there's an artist there working and sculpting parts of the moon. Now, if you took all those camera things away and you move that moon to the right, put a few stars in there, you can practice oh, yeah, it's definitely the moon. It's actually a model. But it shows how it can be formed by these things. So, this is getting me onto the Apollo subject I mentioned earlier on. Yeah. Who believes we went to the moon as astronauts and things? Is everyone people convinced by that or not? Ooh. <laughs> Okay, so this is a famous photograph from 1972 uh, featuring the geologist, a scientist that went to the moon, and he was Harrison Smith. He later became a senator, Senator Smith, after retirement from the Apollo missions. And this is him, the photograph taken by Gene Cernan, who was the other astronaut on the last alleged moon mission, Apollo 17. And uh, there's the American flag there. And it's a nicely composed shot with the Earth up there. But is it really real? Is it actually on the moon or not? Well, I mentioned that I do the Apollo Detectives with Marcus and a few other people online. And one of our researchers, a guy called Scott Henderson from Canada, has spotted this. He spent about 10,000 hours going through these lunar photographs, examining it. Because he believed in it. He said, well, what's all this stuff about the fake Apollo stuff? Yeah, plenty of time was had because he was spending time at the hospital with his parents that were available at the time. So he had a lot of time to kill whilst he was there. So he went online and spent a lot of time going through these photographs, examining close up. And he believes that he discovered some problems with that photograph. Now, there's a close up of the flag there, and there it is even closer. And he's discovered, there's the arrows indicating what looks like wetness in the flag, damp water in that Apollo flag. I'll get another closer up image. There we go. Now, anyone who puts t-shirts and things out on the line to dry, perhaps really the way things dry out in the sun, some parts are dry and some parts are still damp as it dries out. Well, here we go. There is these dark shadows here. Now, this is a shadow caused by the crease in the flag, just like that's a dark shadow. But here, you've got these bright hot spots of light where the sunlight is hitting the stars. So therefore, that lightness should be light to there as well, but in fact, it's dark because you've got this, what appears to be dampness, and it's drying back as it shrinks out and evaporates. Now, should that be really happening on the moon? And why is it wet? It doesn't rain on the moon, does it? So, where could it be? Um, it's been suggested that the Apollo missions might have been faked in a place called Flagstaff in Arizona. And they had maybe a big moon set there, but it's also possibly a place where there's a landfill and there's junk, and they just covered it all over with lunar regolith, simulated lunar dust. Because he thinks he's found old cars and bits of machinery on the moon. So that inspired me to take a closer look. And last year I spent all night up going through all these pictures. Said, oh my god, look at this, look at this, I'll show you some of the stuff that I found. So there we go, look, that's an iPhone on the Apollo 17 picture frame. It almost looks like one of these iPad covers or something. 
but that's from you see some uh, the rocks there. But this is clearly something that is a square dropped object. You could have said it'd been dropped by the astronaut. I'm prepared to accept that. But then we found other weird stuff that could have been dropped by the astronauts. So, I mean, look at this. I call this Apollo 17 pigs in space. <laughs> look at that. There's one bit loinky, and there's another bit loinky. But they're both the same. So, okay, you can say, well, they're photoshopped. But why photoshop these Apollo pictures? Why do you get those images? Uh, and you can clearly see that there's a rock there. There's a little rock there in the shadow. Now, there's a bit of darkness here, but there's a one there. So, could it be a mistake, or are they intentionally put whistleblower clues in these photographs? Um, it's a very strange thing. I mean, is that the shape of the, the rock like a pig, or is that something in front of it? I don't know, but anyway, I call the pigs in space because that's the, the way I lay them up on my thing. But that's from an Apollo photograph. So, you know, that's when you start having some serious doubts about the whole thing. Uh, you know, anyone to iron a spacesuit? Well, then don't worry about taking an iron because there's one on the moon. Here we go, look. It's even come with its own handle. As long as you've got a suitable place to plug it in, away you go. You know, just charge it up on the lunar module. <laughs> you can iron out those greasy. So, this, I mean, you know, you could say, oh, it's just a rock behind a rock. Maybe that's the case. But from a distance, it looked very odd. And you think, well, anyway, if I was a polar astronaut and I saw something like that on the moon, I would go over and take a look at it. Obviously, they were told to take rocks back with them. This one comes with its own handle. So it's back into the lunar module. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one. But that's not the only one I've seen. There's another one with a handle. This looks like one of those things when you do, um, you know, those pun things on the ice and <laughs> curly or whatever that is on the ice. But that's got a little kind of handle with a kind of thing. Maybe it's a different type of iron. But Scott Henderson believes that it's an old landfill site with all sorts of junk in there and they just covered the whole thing over. So maybe these are things that didn't quite get covered over in the landfill. Now, again, uh, is this aliens? Maybe not. But look at this. There's a circular thing there that goes back. So that's like I mean, I call it an oil drum, but it may not actually be an oil drum, but again, I have to give it some sort of name as a kind of description to people. But it's got a very circular flat top with a kind of, you know, it's got a bit of dent in it or something, but then it goes back down. And then this rock here, it's very square, oblong, it's situated against another rock there. Um, some of these rocks look suspiciously chiseled or cut or something, you know. Like as if an old, you know when you see the old, old ruins of Egypt and you see all these bits of broken temples and things like that? That's what it kind of reminds me of. But this one's intriguing. It looks like a big oil drum or something, you know? And this is from uh, the Apollo 17 mission. Now, I don't think you see that clearly, but that's so, so far away in the distance. And this is why most people miss these things. Whereas I've got in and looked right at things in the far distance. So I'll show you the picture I've got it for a second. But I call it the door, because it looks like a door of a train or something. That's be where it's clear, unless you put this, you know, you can touch the rock behind it. There's a sort of shape there. It looks like, in the photograph, it looks like it's laying against rocks and it's just been dumped there. But it doesn't look natural. It doesn't look like part of the rock structure. I mean, when you squint, you can see it a bit better, maybe, you know. This is a good one. Look at those. A couple of cookies there if you're hungry. Faces, duplicates in that rock stack. Here it's not there, but clearly that rock stack is the same as that one. 
So again, if they're actually on the moon and you get a duplicate rock stack, it looks exactly like the next rock stack next to it. As an astronaut, if you're a geologist, and it's Apollo 17, it's your job to go and find these things, but it's conveniently missed them. They're too busy with their Genesis rock. That's the kind of pictures that I was looking at. So this is a mosaic from Apollo 17. Uh, Station 7, they call it. It's where the astronaut goes click, 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 and they attach it all together. So you could say, oh, it's where they patched it together, they've duplicated things. But a lot of these objects I've found are not sort of like between one picture and another. They definitely appear as just one single picture. But it's, you can download these from um, various sites like NASA and um, what's the other website, Marcus, you can get them from? And there's another one, Flickr as well, isn't it? Flickr. Flickr. So I think I got this one from Flickr, and you can download various resolutions, and you can literally zoom right in and just have a look. I mean, I, I found all sorts of weird stuff. I even found around this there, that's roughly where I found that object that looks like an iPad type of thing over here somewhere. But I found various things around here, the little uh, pigs on the moon over here. But they tend to, you tend to find them in shots, where there's like, as if they're near um, a crater, there's loads of rocks around there. And that's where you sort of start to find weird things that shouldn't be there, which, you know, you can't explain it. The weird door thing that I just showed you earlier, if you had find this open photo, it was right out over here. So I don't surround, I literally start and went under the picture and scan all the way through. And I might, I might do it over a couple of nights, but um, I've done it to so many different pictures, not just the Apollo 17 ones, Apollo 15 and things like that. Now, getting back to the aliens thing, <clears throat> this is a guy called Carl Wolf, who was uh, in the US Air Force in the 1960s. Has anyone heard of Stephen Greer? Many people? Yeah, okay. So you might know that he did, back in 2001, the uh, Disclosure Project, where he took uh, about 20 witnesses from the military, Air Force, uh, scientists and people like that, um, got all together at the press club in New York and basically gave a press conference to everyone to come and look at it and they would be telling you everything they knew about the UFOs and what's being hidden from the public and they were citing various evidences. And this guy, Carl Wolf, came on and talked about what he saw. So I'll just get to the next image. Yeah, get <clears throat> Here we go. Should play. Here we go. It's signed in the first, but this is the press government. This is the first. I was going to the Lunar Orbiter Project at NASA, uh, Langley Field. Uh, Dr. Colley was in charge of that project. They had problems with a piece of uh, electronic equipment that was bottlenecking their production of photographs. I went to the facility, and when I walked into the facility, there were scientists from all over the world. I was stunned actually to see people at a NASA project uh, from all over the world. It didn't make any sense to me initially. Um, I was taken into the laboratory where the equipment was malfunctioning. I couldn't repair it in the dark. I asked to have it removed. A uh, airman second class was in the dark room at that time. I was also in the airman second class. Um, I was interested in how the whole process functioned how the data got from the lunar orbiter to the laboratory. I asked the young man if he described the process to me, he did. About 30 minutes into the process, he said to me, uh, in a very distressed way, uh, by the way, we've discovered a base on the backside of the moon. 
And then he proceeded to put photographs down in front of me, and clearly in these photographs were structures, uh, mushroom-shaped buildings, spherical buildings, and towers. And at, at that point, I was very concerned because I knew we were working at compartmentalized security. He had breached security, and I was actually frightened at that moment. And I did not question him any further. And a few moments later, someone did come into the room. Um, I worked there for three more days, and I remember going home and naively thinking, I can't wait to hear about this on the evening news. And here it is, more than 30 years later, and I hope we hear about it tonight. And I will testify under oath before Congress that what I'm saying is the truth. Okay, very interesting stuff. So that's uh, a photographic technician who works on lunar reconnaissance orbiter pictures that we've seen earlier. And he met a guy that said that they found a base on the moon. And he described various mushroom-shaped objects and spheres and towers. And I've got some images later on that possibly might be some of those towers. Now, interestingly, sometime later, um, this is perhaps in the last 15 years, once it had come to light, um, <coughs> This is a funny thing. This is an article written by a journalist in, in, in America, and she says, significantly, whistleblowers have come forward to claim that NASA and affiliated government agencies have a policy of destroying or altering photos that reveal artificial structures on the moon or in space. Carl Wolf, you've seen, for example, claims that he witnessed NASA, the NSA, that's the National Security Agency, and the US Air Force cooperating to remove such structures from Apollo and satellite imagery when detected. The Washington Times had this to say on Walt's whistleblower testimony, uh, which I think is a very dumb statement. She goes, likewise, Carl Walt's claim that he was actually told about a base on the dark side of the moon by a NASA official was never proved. It's only hearsay. Surely, if someone at NASA has seriously breached national security by making such a claim, they would be prosecuted? Now, the thing is, NASA is not going to prosecute someone, I would think, if they start talking that they see photographs of space on the moon, because that means they have to go to court and give their side of the story. And they have to start maybe disclosing things or open up vaults and files that they don't want to talk about. I think they just rather the whole problem goes away. So this is why I think these people aren't prosecuted, because if you start prosecuting, then people can start saying, hang on, you've definitely got something to hide. You're trying to cover that guy up. You're trying to silence him. So by, by ignoring it, they hope the problem will go away. But I thought it was a very dumb statement. Now, Dr. Ken Johnson, he was a guy that worked on the Apollo missions. Uh, he's another apparent whistleblower, and he was a manager, sorry, out of the way, he was a manager of the NASA data and photo control department. And Johnson claims he also witnessed moon photos showing artificial structures and was asked to destroy the photos. He refused and was fired by NASA. So, you know, that's another guy that says he's seen these things. Now, this is possibly, although I don't believe it's real because I think the moon landings were possibly fake, people speculated that this is a UFO hiding behind um, a hill on the moon. <coughs> it certainly looks like a sort of shape, but here you've got this little black line. Now, because I've worked in broadcast TV, one of the jobs I did was actually look at technical books in television, and one of them that we had to watch out for was a thing called edging. And that's typically where you get a white object in the picture, and because it's too much for the cameras to cope with, it would kind of uh, try and bring the level down and contrast it and, and artificially create this black line in the image. It's more on analog TV than digital. And I think that's what we're seeing here. So this is one hill here, and you've got another hill over there, 
but because it's so bright, it gets weird edgy. But people who tell you that's a flying saucer with a shadow behind it, I don't actually believe it's a flying saucer at all. But you might sort of see stuff like that on the internet. There's another example, which is this one here. Again, you notice that these flying saucers just happen to be on the very edge of the horizon. And I think this is the case of edging here, which is the yeah. artifacts in the video or something. And people have said to me, hang on, I've heard Neil Armstrong talking about um, aliens on the moon, and apparently, you know, he said there's all these sources on the edge, and he reported it back to uh, NASA. Um, well, you know, that proves the moon landings happened, because Neil Armstrong saw aliens on the moon. Well, the statement I heard about this is that supposedly Armstrong said the words, um, yes, sir, they're here on the edge of the crater. Um, they're, they're, they're um, what's the word? Yeah, they're there. He used circle, I can't remember who it was. But he said, um, yes, sir. He was, you used the word sir. And I said to whoever told me, I said, but hang on a minute, listen back to all these Apollo recordings. Have you ever heard of Armstrong talking on the radio back to NASA and calling anyone sir? He never called anyone sir. He'd go to Houston or NASA or whatever, blah, blah, blah. He never called anyone sir. So I don't think that's a true statement. But I wonder, as these stories are put out, as counterintelligence to help us think that the moon landings happen. So they've put all these little stories that circulate with it that they pretend is hush hush. So therefore, or don't tell anyone that they actually saw aliens on the moon, Neil Armstrong or Buzz Aldrin, but they were told to keep quiet. Therefore, you psychologically believe the moon landings happened, you see. It's more like a counter kind of psyop thing. They did this in wartime as well. So anyway, the research continued, and I found some very interesting images on this website. And I thought, oh, that looks good. That's a definitely a moon base. Look at that there. Look, wow, that's that. Oh, gosh, that's definitely a moon base. But is it? Actually, is it? A few years later, I found this very interesting picture. Zoomed in on it, I thought, that's the same moon base. Wow, or is it ruins? It could be ruins, but definitely a moon base of some sort. But then I found this film, made in 
Located on a leaf, the airlock for spacesuit. The suit can be entered from inside the ship. Clustered around the rear of the ship are the seven extra fuel tanks filled with hydrogen and nitric acid. All but the centrally located tank will be released when emptying at the end of the return trip to cut down on dead weight. Even though we now have theoretical knowledge to make a trip to the moon, it will be many okay. years yet. So that's how he describes a spaceship. And he describes the thing at the front of the red cone is their radiation protector, which are inflammable. That's the thing for taking a, an umbrella, it's Chernobyl, to protect you against the radiation. <laughs> Quite a bit of special effects in 1955. Here we go, they've reached all the way around the moon. It's very tense.
and it's taken the medium resolution camera at a distance of at least 250 miles, and it shows an object dubbed by Open, we'll talk about him in a second, uh, the shard, uh, the star-like object above the shard is a camera registration mark. So you can see something sticking out the lunar surface, huge kind of tower of sorts. And uh, we get another picture of it. There. So this is the channel first up, and he says it reveals a cellular-like internal structure. Is it alien? I don't know. Above and behind the shard is the tower, a massive seven-mile-high structure with central tubes suspended by a tripod-like base. Enhancements of the tower show a similar cellular construction to the shard, but with a distinctly hexagonal pattern. So there's a couple of these things on the moon that they stretch up. I mean, I, I kind of think the things around the English coastline have been eroded by the sea. You get these like, things like uh, in Orkney, towels and things like that. But uh, obviously there's no kind of sea on the moon to erode these things. So how do these things become like that? It could it be lumped up from millions of years ago? Is it made by aliens or is it some sort of natural thing? Again, we're not seeing close-ups of these pictures generally. Now, Richard Hoagland, uh, thought that he had discovered some sort of uh, castle in the sky in this one. Uh, he's a guy that looks into the face on Mars by the way, <coughs> uh, he, he thinks it's making it nearly impossible for the astronaut taking a picture to have missed it. I mean, it could be an artifact on the camera, it could be a scratch on the lens, I don't know, but it doesn't, you know, what could it be? But alien bases, is there any base on the moon? More, more people are coming forward with stories that might prove this. To be true, Ruth said that there is an alien base on the moon on the far side, but are we really going back to the moon? So I'm going to skip past that bit. Now, even Google have gotten into action. If anyone's used Google Moon, you might have found this one. This is a crater, but it distinctly seems to be a series of dots there. Is that something that Google have put in there? Or is it something that they've accidentally caught from the lunar orbiter photographs? You know, sometimes they put these things as a bit of a joke. Here's another interesting thing. Um, I'm not sure if this is from a lunar orbiter, but um, you can see here the like distinct world figure. I think it's on the Aliens and Moon documentary you can find on YouTube. Someone's going to highlight it from there. And if anyone's seen the Empire Strikes Back, the rebel base on the planet, Ice Planet Hoth, they're these kind of disc like structures as part of their rebel base. Someone has likened these to that kind of thing there, but should they be there on the moon? I mean, is it really there? It's a weird thing. There are some sort of strange structures there. And there's that dish on the moon we saw earlier. Now this is Richard Hoagland, who had looked at lots of lunar photographs and lots of Mars photographs. He took the idea of taking these images and scanning them on a scanner. But when he started doing it, the scanners back then weren't very good, and, and they used to have these weird contrast issues. And uh, so some people suggested it's just an issue. I think this is where he believes that he calls them glass-like structures on the moon. I don't think there are these glass structures on the I mean, it's embarrassing for the aliens when they're you know, trying to get changed to go to bed and, and then the glass towels and you can feel their bits. If they've got them, of course. Um, <laughs> so here we are, the new structure, you've got this, what he claims is a weird glass like structure on the moon. I think that is more of an artifact of the early scanners that they used to have. Um, that's a close up of it there. Now, this is, <laughs> someone's put here, and it's a skeptic that it's not from, because these are the hairs that have appeared on the scan. Because Richard Hoagland had a big bushy beard like Father Christmas, he's got Hoagland's beard hair, he's got in very sarcastic tones. So he's obviously very sceptical of this, and this is why he suggests there's a problem with the scanner. 
Now getting back to this tower, this was taken by a Soviet moon probe. It is again a genuine picture. Here we have something like the moon. It's not clear resolution image of the moon, but this is early 1965 before they had a really good camera. You've got something up there, sticking up there. We haven't seen that in late pictures. That seems to have been hidden. Uh, we're not to know about that, are we? There's a close-up of it. By the way, the moon is roughly the size of Australia. If you took it out, it's about later on in Australia. Roughly cover that size, that tower's probably pretty big. This is something that came to mind recently through the research of Amanda Siracina, who is partly a theorist society. He's also interested in structures on the moon and Mars. And he's taking these images, which I'll try and show you. This is on the very sort of south side of the moon. This is obviously taken from the lunar orbiter, so you can directly down on it from above. But there's this object here that you can see the shadow it casts. It's almost like a great big wall. Here's the lunar soil coming up, but there seems to be parts that go into the soil. As it is to sort of, it's almost like an L shape, I suspect, that kind of helps it stand up. Now, is that part of that? Is that falling off of that? Because that definitely seems to have a kind of construction there. It could be a natural formation of the moon, I don't know, but it looks a bit artificial. Maybe it's something that's made out of lunar rocks and they carved it into something, whoever they are. There's definitely people that have got an interest in this kind of thing. So, here we go. Even the mainstream newspapers have taken part in it. They've actually claimed there's World War II bombers found on the moon. I mean, I never believed that was in the Sunday sport, but I did used to buy it um, when I was 18. <laughs> but anyway, um, I definitely believe there are aliens on the moon. I was first exposed to them as a kid, and that was the most definite proof to me that they did, and that's what set me on this whole course. I definitely have vague memories of seeing aliens on the moon. This is the pictures I remember as a kid. That's what convinced me that there are indeed aliens on the moon. So I believe there are aliens on the moon to you. Thank you very much indeed for your patience. Thank you. Yes, Utah, then it's not spread out and a few appeared in England. Yeah, they, they, and then people sort of mysteriously took them in the night, didn't they? Yeah. Made of metal or something. Um, I think it's obviously a big joke. Someone's having a bit of a laugh, some sort of artist maybe, or someone doing it. It's quite intriguing. There's a bit of a craze for about two or three months. And a friend of mine actually went to search of one because he found somewhere that one had been put there and he drove all the way there and found it had been gone by the time he got there, so he was well disappointed. <laughs> So, yeah, there, there have to also be the, the, the film 2001 has been an inspiration to people with this monolith idea. But uh, they've actually discovered possibly, um, possibly, I would say definitely, possibly monoliths on one of the moons of Mars. I think it's, I forget the names of them, two moons of Mars, they're like the asteroids, Phobos, um, something like that, But they've actually believed there's a monolith on there that's got to be examined. But again, they're not seeing photographs of that all the time, you know. We hear about it, we don't necessarily see close-up pictures of it, but Paul Ruben is referred to it as well. Any more questions? Yeah. Oh, two. There's two at once there. Andy's hand went up with a gentleman. Shall I do the gentleman first? Yeah. Um, I watched the video that was uh, reported to me what was uh, a recording of 
And this guy who's a moon believer said, oh, you're clearly lying. You know, I said, no, I'm not. And, and I was going to try and come back and challenge him on it, but by the time I came back in the evening to say, here's the picture, he had disappeared out of the group, unfortunately, so I couldn't prove my point to him. But it's like they, they'll admit, they'll just say, you're lying, dead flat. And you say, well, I'm not. I've got the evidence, you know, and I'll, here's the link, you can try it yourself. It disappeared before I got a chance. So these things are fair to, to have a look at, but I mean, if you find some of the pictures, there probably are pictures where you find they haven't been adjusted um, and they haven't added them. What I find baffling is that why have you got to, okay, I mean, I understand you've got to switch up the picture nicely, but why have you got to duplicate these rocks? You know, it does seem a bit strange. Why have you got to have two pieces of space rather than one? You know, it's a bit weird. And then why have you got these rocks where they look like cookie faces uh, in two sets of rocks? It didn't seem necessary. And then there's the other things like the objects. I mean, I found things, I haven't, I mean, I could turn the whole talk into a public talk, but that'd be for another day. Where I found like things like pipes on the moon. I found something like a visual watch or a watch hanging off something. Um, found possibly bits of glass on it. So, and and um, there's just so many things that are moon anomalies. I don't trust any of the NASA pictures or many of the NASA pictures, put it that way. I might believe, say, Jupiter and Saturn and that kind of stuff. Um, that you can send probes out there, but I'm just a bit juiced about this whole moon mission thing, especially when it talks about aliens on the moon, Neil Armstrong has seen aliens on the moon, etc., etc. I think that's a bit of a side operation to make you believe they went there. Um, most people would just laugh at you if you talk about the moon missions being fake. Well, I mean, my dad does, he doesn't understand, but then again, he hasn't looked at the photographs, you see. It's only when you dig down deep and look at these photographs, you start to question them, you think, oh my god, that's not quite right about it. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed it, found it interesting, and I'm happy to come back and talk about other stuff like fairies and ghosts and much more down to earth stuff at some future time. Thank you very much for being Strike the edge of ecology.